Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X ninety two nights X mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes, offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Thursday, March thirtieth, twenty twenty three. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. A couple more days in March, then we're into April. Yeah. Just starting to feel like spring here. And then it's my birthday. Whoa! My birthday Whoa. is next week. I feel old. I'm getting old. Yeah. What would you like for your birthday? Nothing. Well, I'm going to get you something, so you no. can tell me if there's something that you like, and then you'll get something you really want, or I can just guess. So, you just put on my... I don't know. Okay, well, That's a weird... That. No. Guess. Think about that. Um. Love. love. I just want love. I just want love and peace. Okay? <laughs> just give me world peace. Give me peace. That's what I want for my birthday. <laughs> Uh, do you have a shout-out to make, you said? I have a shout-out to make if I could. Um, so Shannon messaged us, and her daughter, she says, is a big listener of our podcast. And she says her name is Dakota. Hey, Dakota. She, she's eight. She enjoys karate and is currently obsessed with Malcolm in the Middle. Nice. So I just wanted to say hello to Dakota. Thank you so much for listening. Apparently, she's a big fan of us, and she likes our sense of humor. So well, that's huge. My eight-year-old watched Malcolm in the Middle instead of... Terrible YouTubers. Yes, I love Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, great show. That's an awesome show. I actually forgot about that show until you just brought this up. So, well, th- do you know Frankie Muniz is a race car driver now? He drives what? like NASCAR. What? I don't know if it's in like specifically that series, but it's that type of of stock car racing. I had no idea. Yeah, and I, I think he's like half decent. He posted. It came up on my Instagram feed the other day, uh, and he said. He, battled back from 30th in a race to finish 6th. Wow. So, okay. One of our friends is good friends with Frankie Muniz. And I don't know how that came about. But no. Is he the friend that's f- friends with a lot of famous people? Though? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, interesting. Bit of a star effer, as you might call him. Oh, jeez. Star Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Dakota, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Dakota. That's great. Uh, I also got a message here from front of the show, Michael, regarding our chat yesterday on medical assistance and dying. Don't worry, this isn't going to get super heavy again. Um... Because I just wanted to mention that I was impressed with having a follow-up with a family member of a patient who received a made provision on your podcast yesterday. I work with NAHS and have been involved in about a dozen made provisions. They all have their own challenges and opportunities providing care for the patient and their families. Overall, I have found it to be rewarding professionally and personally to be able to be involved in this program to provide patient-centered care for people at the end of their life. For your information, resources are available for people from Alberta Health Services at uh, Medical Assistance and Dying. They got a page there. Thanks for the great podcast michael i'm really uh i'm really happy that this is really seems to be benefiting a lot of people um i'm glad that this came about because yeah it's been a long time in discussion right and to finally have this option for people who want it i think it's great like we got a few messages from people yesterday who have you know been through this for their family members and it i to echo michael it sounds like everyone's experience is different with very like right yeah then we got a message from someone whose dad had als and made this decision and they said they kind of struggled with it 
They said they they did, but overall, they still think it was like everything. Every message we've gotten has been overall. I think people think it's a positive. Yeah, it's good that this is an option. So, I mean, death is always going to be tough, no matter what. Obviously, but to have another avenue that may be better for people is great, right? Yeah, and it is a it's a tough topic to even talk about because right, you're talking about death, people's death, and people's most loved family members, right? So, uh, nothing that heavy on today's podcast. No. A little lighter. Uh, We've got a Buck and Dan coming up. Question Cops, our friend Chad Peterson from uh, Calgary Police Service is back to answer more of your questions about policing. Uh, I got an AI program to do something a bit controversial recently, and I'll tell you about that. Etymology, the goat of beets. Uh, something that we remember from growing up, how our parents acted differently depending on who was around. When you first said the goat of beets, I was envisioning beets, the vegetable, yeah. like the goat of red beets. No, not that. None of them. Not, not, none of yeah. those are the goat. <laughs> you talk about your fingernails. Sean is watching some weird Turkish show, and we'll play a clip from that. It's very weird. Uh, does Lord of the Rings pass the Bechdel test? And we give each other compliments after your out-of-context clip of the show. Would you like to come back here tomorrow and pee on it? Why don't we do it right now? The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I was watching some bad daytime TV yesterday, and in the background, they were they had this girl on, and she was talking about filling your bucket leading up to oh. Easter. <laughs> In other words, you know how to think positively and and be grateful leading up to Easter. And she says a great way to fill your bucket, so to speak, or fill your Easter basket is to turn (laughs) to the person to your left at the dinner table and compliment them. So she was like, you should try this with your kids. And it's a good exercise for kids and everybody else because it helps you, you know, again, it's kind of what we do, right? We do the, what are you grateful for? It's all about kind of complimenting and thinking about in the moment and and complimenting. Definitely. Actually, my my kids and I just talked about this the other day because I was telling, uh, I saw my youngest Brigham. I was like, you know, it's great to give people compliments. It makes them feel good. They remember them. Totally. And I said, and if you, it's kind of the whole, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. But the opposite of that is if you do have something nice to say, yeah, say it. Yes. So, uh, and it's funny because I was thinking about this though as kids and it's so hard to do that as kids. Like I was trying to think of turning to my sister, you know, my, as siblings <laughs> growing up and having to compliment her. And her, that's just not something that comes easily, you know, <laughs> like kids don't want to compliment each other, especially to try and be sincere about it. Yeah. And then I got thinking, I was like, maybe you and I should try this out. Well, you are the person sitting to my left right now. Yeah. And in turn, I am the person sitting to your left. And right in every other way. Yep. We're the only two people <laughs> in here. So I was like, could we could we fill our Easter baskets, Beckler, let's with a compliment? Fill, let's fill those baskets, let's Sean. fill the baskets. Now I have to ask, are we doing this sincerely? Or is this, or is this going to be underhanded? I don't know. <sighs> It's always hard because you're like my way. sibling. You're, you know, you're like my brother here, so yeah. it's tough to compliment you. Like that's how it goes. But we, I can go either way. You want one of each? Yeah, let's okay. do sincere first. All right. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? You, you go first. Okay. Um, my sincere compliment is that I think you're wickedly creative. Oh, wow. uh, and whenever people, whenever I meet people and they ask, you know, because oh, you do a show with Shauna, yeah, I'm like, yeah, what's she like? It was like, she's great. Everybody loves Shauna. Everyone gets along with Shauna. Uh, and I, I always say you're super easy to work with because you bring more than your fair share of ideas to this show. 
So Wow, like, that's a very nice compliment. Today's a great example because we always send our ideas back and forth the night before. Mm-hmm. And I emailed you last night. I was like, I don't got much for tomorrow. and I, But that's fine because I know that you will bring lots of great stuff and you always do. So That is a very sincere compliment. It's yeah. just really awkward. Um, do you have to find where would people pay compliments? Yeah, yeah you don't want to take it. You just kind of sit there and like, <laughs> squirm in your own skin. It's the most awkward thing ever. <laughs> really? so, that's why compliments are so weird. <laughs> I just feel really weird now. Okay. Do you want to do... Yes. The underhanded one? Yes, or please. Do you wanna, okay. Yeah, jump um, right into the next one to make me feel better. Uh, I love that you don't care what your hair looks like. <laughs> it takes a lot of confidence, Shauna, to just to say, you know what? I don't care what I look like. I don't care. I'm my own, I'm my own woman, it's and true. I'm going to go out with hair like this. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, for you. Uh, here's I will do, I'm uncomfortable too with compliments. I know. So I'm just going to go under the desk. This is while why you, do you this and I and honestly, listen, okay? this is why we don't do this. Okay. <laughs> I'm under the desk. Okay, now. good. Uh, so I love seeing you with your kids, and I think you're a great dad, and it's so fun to see them. And sometimes they'll FaceTime in the morning and stuff, and they're always just so excited to see you, and hearing their responses is adorable. And it's just clear that they love spending time with you, and it's. Jeez, you're going to get me choked truly, up here. Truly a big, like, that's huge, right? So, and you can always tell by their reactions. Just so damn excited. Well, so that's I, so sweet. I love you. that. I honestly thought you were going to say something about my delts. I thought maybe we could start with delts and go from there, but that was that was very nice, too. No, but your delts still need some work. <laughs> careful now. You be careful. Let's not say things we don't mean, okay? <laughs> Okay, here's here's the. I mean, I, well, maybe that should work. Uh, also, you've nailed that in your facial hair game recently, which is pretty cool. You like have a perfectly quaffed beard going on. Really? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you had to lose your hair, but you did it with grace. So <laughs> it's it's off your head now. No more no more head hair, but you got a good good beard going on. I had to so. pay more attention to the beard because that's all of, the hair that's left. Yeah, it's so. just traveling down your face now. So. <laughs> Podcast. Sean, have you heard of the Bechdel test? No. So it's sort of a tongue-in-cheek way to measure how women are portrayed in a work of fiction. Okay. So a movie or TV show or whatever is said to pass the Bechdel test if it features two female characters talking to each other about something other than a man. Okay. And in some versions of the test, it requires those two female characters to be named. They can't just be like background characters. It has to be two Named female characters talking to so each other. a little other. deeper in character than just, yeah. Not a real high bar to clear. Nope. Um, nope. Well, friend of the show, Trevor, sent me this clip, and the caption was, Lord of the Rings trilogy, but it's every scene where two female characters interact. So it's essentially a version of the Bechdel test. Here you go. Are you ready for it? Yeah. So this is the intro. That's it. That, that. That's it. That, okay. Uh, in like okay. 10 hours of film. Wow. That is the only two time, the only, the only time is that two female characters on screen just that, interact oh, with just each other. One, two, okay. And uh-huh. neither character has a name. They're just background characters. Huh. So. Okay, so. Got some work to do. Probably doesn't pass the Bechdel test. I'd say so, uh, I know. Because, well, you got to think about when this book was written and who it was written by. So in some ways, Tolkien was ahead of his time in the way he wrote. Like he wrote about, you know, interracial friendships and relationships and he did write some very strong female characters. Mm-hmm. Like Gladriel is one of the most powerful beings in the in, in, in Middle Earth. Right. Uh, and then like Eowyn slew the Witch King. So she like the, the very Bless strong you. female characters. Good, yep. Um, <laughs> but then like, you know, there there are no 
two characters talking to each other on screen that both happen to be female. So, okay. well, um, can we shoehorn some of so, that in there? Or? Well, they they kind of tried to, I think, with the trilogy. Like they gave Arwen a much bigger role than she had in the books because I think they wanted more of a female presence. Then when when Peter Jackson did The Hobbit, he created a female elf character out of nowhere, right? To you know, to fill that gap in Tolkien's work. But I mean, Tolkien, he drew all of his inspiration from his time in World War One, fighting in the trenches. And there wouldn't have been a ton of women around then. No. So that's kind of... Still, I mean, there are women in existence. Maybe you should there add a were. couple more of them, you know? He was aware of them yeah. at the time. Was he? Or? Yeah. They just don't talk to each other, I oh, guess. So I see. You can't have women talking to each other oh, yeah. in fiction. That's just... No, 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 no. We'll put them out in the distance pretty... there, but no speaking, okay? Still no the great... speaking. Still the greatest film ever made, even no, despite no, it's that. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I was trying out this new show on Netflix called Who Are We Running From? And it was one of the top ones that was recommended, so I clicked it on for a bit. And it's a Turkish series, and it's overdubbed in English. Um, but it's a series about, and this is not a spoiler, but it's about a mom and her daughter. And at one point, I think it's in the first episode, they're destroying this toy car because it reminds the mom of something traumatic. So she takes this car and they're destroying it. They're on the beach and they're kind of lighting it on fire and stuff. And then the mom turns to her daughter and says something real weird. There's, I have a clip for you here. Would you like to come back here tomorrow and pee on it? Why don't we do it right now? Okay, first so, of all, those dubs sound horrible. Yeah, yeah. All those sound really bad. Yeah, yeah. This 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 part's particularly bad. It's 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 a not great overdub, but it's not awful. But this part right here, and then that is what she she if says, you missed that, she says, "Do you want to come back here tomorrow and pee on it?" And then her daughter doesn't even miss a beat and says, "Yeah, let's do it." And I was just like, hold on a second. Did they then pee on it? Not that you saw, okay. but they were talking about then coming back and, yeah, peeing on it. In fact, it goes on just for, hold on. Because now we're going to go back to the hotel and order the best drinks they have so we can come back with cold bladders and do it right. What the hell? What are you watching, Sean? And again, this is supposed to be a decent series. People gave it good reviews. It sounds just awful based on and yet, like, those 10 again, seconds. Again, the, the, the overdubs there were, were very bad. But honestly, I was like, even just the premise of, is this something normal that people do is go and pee on things they don't like? And, They're going to go order a bunch of drinks, fill up their bladders, and, and come back and come pee back. on it. And like, even if that is something that you normally do in anger is pee on something, the fact that you're doing it with your mom and you're, you're not even missing a beat, you're like, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's fill up our bladders and pee on this thing. Is this a mistranslation? I, it, is it a cultural thing? This I is mean, what I was wondering. Like, I've heard of this, like pissing on someone's grave, and that's which what, is ultimate disrespect, right? Yeah, and in fact, now that I think about it, there's a couple series that I've seen where you like people describe peeing on things. Like there's that series New Girl, and she pees on a desk at one point. I'm like, what is? She, am I missing? Like. I don't wow. do that in anger. I don't go, I want to go pee on this. It's very strange. There's also something just so much more aggressive about a woman peeing on oh something like God, that. Oh my God, it's just, think? It's yes. Like... <laughs> it, I think that's it because you, the other series, yeah, it was a woman who peed, and that's different. For for some reason, you're right. A guy guys are always pissing everywhere. Exactly, like, that's just normal. But a girl going and just, just peeing on something that's in anger. purpose. You're really upset. I am if you're... so mad at you. I'm going to pee on you. And like move I've out of the way. It's my turn to pee on never that. Considered, <laughs> never considered doing that. It's very strange. What's this show called? It's called uh, what? When? Who are we? Sorry, who are we running from? Yeah, is what geez, it's I called. I don't think I'll be. No, you <laughs> no, have to now. I'll let you know if there's more peeing going on. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna podcast. This is going to be a weird question for you, Shauna. Okay. But as a violinist, as a as a diddler, as a diddler, are you particular about your fingernails? 
the professional diddler. Um, well, this is an interesting question. I have to be on one hand because I can't play the violin if my fingernails are too long. Okay. Uh, so, yes. I mean, I basically just have to keep them short if I want to play. Like, I don't, don't know why I got thinking about this the other day, but I think my fingernails had gotten longer than I liked them. And I was working in my wood shop and I don't like to have long fingernails when I'm working. It just doesn't Fair. feel right, you yeah. know? And then I got thinking about the jobs where nail length is actually somewhat significant. I'm sure lots of tradespeople keep their nails short because you don't want to get caught on something, yep. getting ripped off. Um, baseball pitchers, yes, they carry nail files with them and a cracked nail or a broken nail for a pitcher can like completely ruin their game oh yeah it happens all the time it's like to the point where some of them if they like have a recurring nail injury because the way they grip the ball it's basically yeah. their career's over yeah and I know sometimes people will make fun of like you know athletes who aren't as tough as hockey players in their opinion and be like oh a broken nail would would put that guy out of the lineup but for a pitcher it actually is pretty important truly so yeah Maybe them more than anybody. Sometimes you'll see drug dealers with a Coke nail. Have you seen that one? Yep. One long nail on I, their little finger. I don't think I would put that into the category of, you know, workers <laughs> who need to no? have certain <laughs> nails for a certain way. Um, there's that scene in Fight Club where uh, the protagonist says that when they started fighting, the guys who joined the club all kept their nails short because of it. So I guess if you, if you, you fight. Yeah. Uh, it's really ridiculous because my mother is a, a violinist as well. She's mm -hmm. a professional violinist. And uh, only one of your hands has to have short nails. The one that goes onto the fingerboard of the violin, the bow hand, you can have longer nails. Mm -hmm. And my mom loves having longer nails. Tell me so she doesn't just do one hand. She's got one hand with longer nails. <laughs> And then four hands on her left, four like fingers? four fingers rather, because your thumb can still have a long, that isn't affected, but four oh fingers have to have short nails. So those ones will be shorter. And then there will be times where like she doesn't have a, a concert or something for a while. And it's like, you know, when firefighters or whatever can go, go grow, grow out a mustache yeah. when they're on vacation, she can grow out those four nails That's again. Hilarious. It's a luxury for her. But yeah, it's a weird, I, oh, I always man. like, mom, I'm like, you just, you got to keep them all short. <laughs> You gotta keep them all short. Okay, this looks That's really so weird, weird otherwise. Yeah. I, when I was playing drums, I would never cut my nails on the day of a show because my hands felt different. Yeah, right. It, it changes the feel of your hands, it doesn't does, it? Yeah. And if you're if you need dexterity, if you know that that's important to you. Was it Am I thinking of banjo players? Some banjo players will keep like three long nails to do Oh, maybe. Finger picking, which is kinda gross when you think that's about it. That's a little it. bit gross, yeah. Not as weird as your mom with just the one hand though. She also likes to grow out her toenails. <laughs> So a little longer than they should be sometimes. Three of four appendages have... My sister and I are always just like, you need to chop those off. Although I'm similar too. Sometimes I just don't look down at how long my toenails have gotten and we're like, whoa, <laughs> those are out of hand. So if your mom goes to get her nails done at the salon, she's yeah. like, uh, just just the feet and this hand, please. Yes. Not this hand. Nope. Don't touch it. That's, that's my gentleman finger. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Got two more messages on this topic from friend of the show, Kara. said, massage therapists have to keep their nails short for hygiene and also so it doesn't feel like we're scratching the shit out of clients. Right. Makes, uh, makes sense. Perfect sense. Yeah, we could have assumed that. And then friend of the show, Kieran, said, my wife is a hairstylist and says long nails help parting and controlling hair. Ah. So I never thought of them as potentially being a tool of the trade like that. It's but. true. Yeah, well, who needs, you know, the, the comb and scissors when you got your own fingernails to do it for you. It's a little gross. If you have really sharp ones, could you also use those to just kind of sh shave off some of the hairs there? You know? 
It's like a getting little a, shaver. It's like getting a cut from Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, it's strange. But yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Long nails kind of freak me out, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Like the thought of having them gives me the willies. Do you ever like look at those weird, creepy, long toenails that are in like Guinness Book of World Records? Yeah, like what a way to live. It's disgusting. They're all like curled under their feet and they can barely walk. You're like, what are you doing with your life? How do you decide when, like this is my thing? Hey? Yeah, I mean, my thing is peeling oranges, okay? I want to break the world record for that. But who decides that the longest toenails in the world is what you're going to go with? I'm glad you chose oranges and not toenails. No, toenails? If you chose toenails, I don't think we'd be doing the show You know what, though? Anymore. I actually like, I have fast growing toenails as well. So that could be a consideration. Oh, no. Can you no. imagine? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, no, even the... Oh, this troll walking walk. around here. <laughs> Use your hands. You can't do any I of that. start talking like this, too. You sacrifice your whole life. Yep. Just to have the longest nails, and no one's going to be like, cool. Nope. That's not... <laughs> No, it's, it's really what you want to, if you want to ensure you don't ever, like, have to go out or have friends, like, that's probably a way of doing it. Go for that record? <laughs> yeah, great. She's she's lovely. She has a great personality. Uh, very attractive as well, except that she has toenails that are... Yeah, I gotta warn you. Yeah. She's just, got the world's longest toenails. Mm-hmm, so she can't really walk and... Any chance that's your thing? No? Okay. No? <laughs> I mean, you could try and shave them off in the middle of the night or something, but... That's, that's her livelihood, bro. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Stay on top of your nails. Stay on top of your fingernails and your toenails. Even at, like if you go to a pool and you see someone with long nails, long toenails, you're like, ugh, grody. Long toenails? Long, oh. Doesn't that, doesn't that give you the willies? I don't know if I particularly know, have noticed. Never seen it. Like, wait in line for a water slide or something and someone's got long toenails in front of you? It's probably ugh. me. That's why. <laughs> I don't notice when mine grow too long. I don't. Yeah. Don't be doing that. Uh, One of my toenails actually was so long recently that it started poking through my my shoes. Don't tell me this. Yeah. Don't tell me this. It was my big toe and it's just like... Yeah, it's funny because your toenails get just a little, and they weren't super long, but well, just a little longer. Your toes are already longer. so freakish and alien, right? I know. Like that's, that's why it's it's more proportionate if they've got a bit of a longer nail. <laughs> no. you know? It matches the, the finger-like toes that I have. If you are a, somebody who doesn't like feet and, and toes, which a lot of people are, you're probably so disgusted right now. Yeah. Or we're sorry. You gotta stand. I always, I I'll always clip those toenails. I'll take a look tonight, and make sure they're good. I always clip my nails after a bath or shower because oh, they're, yeah. they're softer. They That's are. the way to do that. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you clip your toenails in the comfort of your own home. Oh man, the comfort of your own Shane home. Yes, people who do it in public. Yeah, it's gross. What is wrong with you? I know. What is wrong with you? So go to your own Shane home, okay, and clip your toenails. I remember I was at church one time when I was younger, and the woman beside me was clipping her toenail, her her fingernails, and then she passed the clippers to her kids, and they all did it. Like, it's like. Are you yeah. kidding? You can't do that in public. You, no. You know, Don't be doing that. Mar- really piss people off. Go start doing that on a plane. Oh, man. Now they, just, they flick everywhere. Oh, sorry, ma'am. Ma'am, I think my toenail just wound up in your hair. I'm sorry. Are we on a, are we on a shared transportation craft here, or are we in your bathroom? Clearly like, your own bathroom. Clearly your bathroom. No, do that. You're right. Do that in the comfort of your own home. Oh, did you just get your own food there? Sorry. Yeah, there might be a toenail oh. right now. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Do it in the do it in the ensuite bathroom of your new Shane Holmes. That's the place to do it. Mm-hmm. Shane Holmes offers affordable customization. So if you are a big bath man like myself, if you spend a lot of time in the ensuite, make her a little bigger. You can do that. You can do that without spending all of your money at Shane Holmes. 
ShaneHolmes.com. The better, the better way, way to build. build. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. It's a bit of an unofficial throwback Thursday discussion for you, Beckler. Do you remember when you were growing up, did you find that your parents would act a little bit differently if you had a friend around or family visiting? I find that parents acted just a little differently when somebody else was in the house. Someone that wasn't just the immediate family. Like a buffer of sorts. Different almost. in what way? I'm trying to think. I don't think I don't remember my parents acting all that differently when we had people over. But so I always wanted a friend around for when my parents came home because they would act a little nicer, especially if I was kind of in trouble for something. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. They wouldn't necessarily yeah. go all out if there was a friend or of course family <laughs> around. You know, it was again just a little bit of a buffer there. I was like, Thank you for being here because Otherwise, I'm not sure what would happen here. But don't you think that it just pushes it down the road? Yeah. Like, you know, like if you if you messed up when you had company over or you had a friend over, yep. your parents aren't going to, nope. they're not going to let you have it in front of that person, but you know it's going to be bad when they're gone because, and because you had the gall to step out of line in front of someone else. This is so. true, but sometimes I think that that little bit of breath area that you have, uh, the buffer then makes it so that once you do, you know, have to be dealt with, it's a little more calm than perhaps it would have been right off the bat. <laughs> Just gives you that 10 second breather. You're like, thank you, buffer friend. I don't know. Like the, we had company one night and Bo, Bo talked back to me. It was probably the angriest I've ever been at him. Yeah. So you held so, that. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. So it, it amplifies it. Yeah. Of course, you, I probably didn't react as I would have. If the house was empty. Gotcha. But yeah. I was angrier than I would have been had he just said that to me. But because it was in front of friends, Fair. it was like, oh, you don't do that. I still remember when my mom would come home and if I'd hear her pull up in the driveway, if she had groceries, I'd best have my shoes on and be out that door to help her with the groceries or else. Really? Like if she oh, was... she ran a tight ship. She hey? ran a tight ship. And especially if there was a lot going on and she had something else that she was, which is normally our house was insane and she was always extremely busy. So yeah, if I wasn't waiting with the, with the shoes on, unless though I had a friend over... Then there was a little more leeway, right? Because then I have a friend, so I don't have to be at the door because, okay, have, well, there's somebody there. Yeah. Yeah. And then my friends, if they wanted to earn the extra brownie points, would come out and unload the car with me. And my God, was my mom happy about that. Jeez, I got to I gotta tighten up our ship. You, you should. Your yeah. mom knew how to get it done. Hey? Absolutely. Like, yeah. When I pull up, shoes are on and you're waiting in the door to help me with Absolutely. groceries. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. If she That's walks in school. that door and I'm just laying on the couch doing nothing and I've been home for a couple hours and she comes in with all that groceries and I'm not helping. Woo-wee. You're going to get her nail hand, aren't yeah, you? I sure she'll, am. She'll get you with the hand with the nails on them. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if I don't have a buffer friend around <laughs> to prevent this, then I'm in trouble. And Shauna podcast. I don't know where, but I heard the song Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys the other day. I love that song. Um, the intro to that song is so iconic. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty famous beat. It sure is. And anyone our age would know at the moment they heard it. And I got thinking, what do you think the goat of beats is? The goat of... That is... It's very broad. broad. Because, I mean, like, music probably started just with a beat, right? So... Like the first music ever, I'm sure, was some dude just stamping his foot. Yep. So yep. what would the greatest beat ever be? Oh, man. Would it be that? Would it be some dude just putting four on the floor with his... I mean, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. Man, when you... when you, I was like, geez, I don't even know where to start with this. Um, this is one that I remember. It's very distinct uh, from our, you know, okay. upbringing. Go, 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 oh, yeah. Go, go, go. <laughs> 
kind of along the same vein. In the club. Yeah. The minute you hear that. And, and I suppose beat. the answer to this might depend on how old you are. Totally. Yeah. Um, the, we, we talked about this on the air a while back, but the most sampled beat of all time is called the Amen Break. And it's been used in like a thousand songs or something. Yes. Um, if we're talking about hip hop, I looked, I, I was curious what other people felt was the greatest beat ever. And a lot of the lists had the message by Grandmaster Flash at the top. Oh, yeah. That's fun. And here's the thing is that we were talking about uh, Amen Brother, but that's the like most sampled. Most sampled. So then there's also this. This is the most sampled drum break, though. This is James Brown, Funky Drummer. Okay. And that one was okay. sampled in all kinds of other songs that people oh. consider some of the top beats as well, like Dr. Dre in Let Me Ride or Snoop Dogg and Public Enemies Fight the Power was in there as well. So that's another one. That I didn't even consider. know that. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about this in terms of like hip hop and sampling right now, but I mean, you could go back and talk about the greatest rock breaks of or beats of all time. You could, um, yeah. This one's always stood out to me. Aerosmith. Yep. Or how about um, just because it was such a famous song and album? Billie Jean? Yep. Or, I mean, if we're going back to the old school, like, stomping we were talking about. Yeah. That was going to be my pick for the greatest beat ever, I think. Oh, interesting. It was either that one or, um, okay, my favorite beat of all time is When the Levee Breaks by Zeppelin. Yep. That's so cool. Uh, it was either going to be We Will Rock You by Queen or um, oh, yeah. Rock and Roll by Gary Glitter, which I'm pretty sure the Black Keys drew inspiration from for Howlin' For You. Yep. It's essentially the same beat, right? Totally. And that's the thing is there's so many of these beats that drew inspiration from others and have been yeah. sampled so many times and everything. There's also this beat here. I could put that one in my top as well. Iconic. <laughs> Iconic, Shauna. With the, that drum break sound is so The Fangler and Shauna Podcast. Etymology with Shauna. You brought up the word eatery yesterday and how much you hate it. Don't like the word eatery. No. Uh, and then I got looking into where that came from and where the first eateries were and like when that trend started and that and went down a bit of a rabbit hole. So wanted to pass it along to you as I do. Okay. So eatery isn't actually a new word at all. It was first used in 1901. And it comes from the old English word for just eat, which is etain or etane before that. And then I got looking into where the idea of the restaurant and where we even got that word from. And this just takes you down a voyage here. So restaurant comes from the word restore. Is so it to like restore your energy? The French restore, which yes, just meaning to restore your energy with food. And then restaurants, I was looking into how those came to be. So the first restaurants existed in China in 1100 AD. And it was big in the business district because that was the place where the population was already bustling and there was tons of business going on. Mm-hmm. So it was always in the kind of business area where the businessmen would be attending the brothels and hotels and they'd have these places for them to eat as well. So we didn't have... Restaurants. We didn't have like formal dining establishments before that. Before that, no, you'd eat at home, right? Like you'd never really go and have these communal eateries prior to that. That's when it started where people would kind of eat together and congregate in a place to go and be served food. What about like inns and stuff in the Middle Ages? 
no, did they none have of, that? Any of that? No. Huh. Uh, from there, though, from from China, it was in France where they started a lunchtime communal meal called table d'hote, which was a fixed price meal, which is funny because we're getting back to that in the trends now where you you pay the the pre-fee menus where you just pay one thing and they give you a bunch of courses. But that started as back in France, this communal meal, but it was only at one o'clock p.m. Mm. So if you weren't there at one, you weren't eating. (laughs) So you better get there, get the meal at 1 p.m. (laughs) and that's it. And then in England, they had these working class communal meals that they called ordinaries. And it was started by Simpson's Fish Dinner House. And it was founded in 1714 and they served up what they called this fish ordinary. So for two shillings, you got a dozen oysters, you got soup, roast partridge, and then three more first courses. And then some mutton and cheese as well. So just this massive meal for two Mm -hmm. shillings that they offered up. And then after that, the idea of the more traditional restaurant was in France in the 1700s as well. And they just served one thing. It was a broth that was seen as very healthy for you. So it was they seen were serving as the soup. a restoring broth. Ah. And that's where we got the word restaurant from. Okay. The restoring broth. And okay. then that kind of stuck, and that's how we we took that term into modern day. And usage. then 1901, some hipster came along and decided to call it an eatery instead. They Restaurant just went wasn't back good to just calling them. eat because they just mm. wanted it to be very, very clear. They're like, what you do here, you eat. So that's what we're going with. That's fascinating. I just kind of assumed that restaurants were something that were... Always, there was always a place where you could go and get a meal for a price, but there wasn't. Hey? No, and all of these terms. This is what I note in all of this is what the hipsters are going to call them next, right? Because they always oh. go back to these old terms. So we table had d'hote. table dote, ordinaries, or restaurer. The original term for restaurant. I could see all those coming up. Yeah, you're going to see an ordinary. I, I can definitely sure. see something like plank ordinary or something, yep. right? Like Absolutely. very minimal decor. Yep. It's around for a bit. Yeah, it's you way chew too on expensive. leaves and absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> with Shauna. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. We were talking about Chat GPT recently, as I think everyone is. Everyone is. Sure most terrifying. People know what Chat GPT is, but if not, it's an artificial intelligence chatbot. So you can ask it all kinds of questions and get it to write all kinds of things. And it's frightening, frighteningly close to what a real human might respond with. Yep. Um, but I was recently listening to these two comedians. They were asking it all kinds of controversial questions. They were trying to like test the limits of its programming to see what it would say on like hot button issues. Yep. And ChatGPT typically plays it pretty safe with its responses. But anyway, similar to ChatGPT, you may have seen these AI art generators where you can just like describe a picture that you would like to an to oh, an AI, I and played with this oh, yet. it's fascinating, Shauna. Okay, so you could say like, I want a pink elephant on the beach watching a sunset, eating a popsicle, and it'll spit back. I wonder if people picture. are using this for tattoos as well. I'm sure they're using it for everything. Yeah, right that's now. crazy. Okay, I was trying to make wow. a funny picture to send to Matt Barry, and I was playing around with this thing, and it, you have to like kind of learn how it works and learn what words you can use and not use and stuff. But I was thinking about those two comedians who were trying to get Chat GPT to say something controversial, and I was like, I wonder if this AI program would draw the Prophet Muhammad, hmm. because according yep. to some interpretations of Islam, it is completely forbidden to depict the Prophet Muhammad at all. And people have been killed for doing this. Right. Um, Did it do it? Famously, South Park had episodes pulled where they right. had depicted Muhammad. Uh, so I just typed into this box, the Prophet Muhammad, and this AI art generator spit back a picture of Muhammad. Wow. 
It was a big Arab dude with a beard and a sword. And okay. I was like, wow, okay. That's interesting. So whoever programmed that particular bit of AI yep. didn't put the same parameters on it than that the people who did chat GPT did. No. So, I mean, I like I, th- I think it has to be a programming decision, doesn't it? Yeah. Because why else would ChatGPT like shy away from some questions? Although if it's where it kind of learns off internet, you know, be- rules like behavior? and behavior, it, would that be why maybe like that was okay and then for certain the ChatGPT thing like the questions weren't? I don't know. That's but interesting. It, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I wonder how. Where that works. does it draw from? Because it would have to be. I mean, you could find any opinion you want on the internet. You can. So I guess yeah. it depends where it goes looking. I think it, it probably reflects the beliefs of the programmers, right? Yeah. So you'd assume so. Interesting. But uh, yeah, it's like it didn't even hesitate. Three seconds later, boom! Picture of Muhammad. I was like, whoa. This this technology is terrifying. Yeah. In so many ways. I yeah. know. And it's in its infancy right now, and you're like, we're kind of watching it figure itself out yes. in real time, which mm-hmm. is fascinating. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Question Cops! Question Cops! If there's a question that you've had, let us know and we'll ask Chad. Question Cops! Question Cops! Every Thursday, Constable Chad Peterson from Calgary Police Service joins us in studio to answer some questions you might have about the law, about policing. You can get those questions into us uh, at 403-238-9929 on text or email to us or however you want to get in touch. This is a question from Dan. He said, ask Chad about the new passing emergency vehicle laws. Does this also apply to snow plows on Stony or Deerfoot? Like if they're plowing the shoulder, can a motorist pass in the far lane? So you can pass a snowplow if it's moving. Uh, however, we all know passing a snowplow is not the safest thing to do. Uh, they have the big signs on the back that say, please don't pass while sanding. Uh, but you can pass when they're, when they're moving. Uh, when vehicles are stopped, like we were just talking about, we ask that everybody slows down and moves over to give us space because standing on the side of the road can be absolutely mm-hmm. terrifying when vehicles are passing you kind of a foot from you. Totally. Just the same as people do when there's a tow truck on the side of the road or, yeah. you know, anybody yeah. outside of their vehicle. Yeah. Uh, this question is just for me. How can you tell if somebody is lying? Like if you pull somebody over, what are the telltale signs that someone's lying to you? Uh, that's hard. I, I honestly, I wish I was a human lie detector and like a little like red light would come on or something. But uh, <laughs> the, one of the easy thing is I just assume as a police officer, most people are not telling us the full truth. Because hmm. when I go to any incident, people, it's just our human nature that we're going to downplay our like our wrongdoings, if we're even going to talk about the wrongdoings that we did, I don't know. The, we ask questions like all like different interview techniques. I'll quite often ask people questions I already know the answer to. Mm. Just then, to see what they say? Yeah, just to see what they say. And a lot of the time, I don't need the truth. The purpose of me talking to someone is locking them into that specific story at the time. So whether it's the truth or not doesn't matter. I lock them into a story and then I can do my job investigate it and either prove or disprove kind of what they said to me. Interesting. Mm. Are there any like signals, uh, you know, in terms of facial features, like anything that people can do that way, you know, even just motions and stuff? That- Body language is huge. When, yeah. when you're talking with someone, you, you can kind of get a pretty good feel where like their level of honesty and then it's, I don't know, the more, the more you do it, the better you get, but there's no telltale way to be like a hundred percent you're telling the truth or lying. It's, 
it's good. I it's kind of fun. It's one of the challenges of the job. Uh, this is for me. Like, do you do you get freebies when you're in uniform? Do people give you freebies? Uh, every now and then. Yeah. Um, like good. obviously, if I go into a store, I'm fully expecting to pay for what I'm ordering. But sometimes we'll get we'll we'll get a free coffee, or we'll be in line, like in a drive-through, and the person in, ahead of us buys us our, our coffee or our lunch or whatever. So that's always appreciated. It's, oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's, no, that could very it's, well just be a a pay it forward thing going too. You come along totally. one of those. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's you know what. Pay, pay, I love pay it forward days like we like I do it outside and it's great this one comes from Anand on Twitter and he said on a wintry day like say you're, you're dealing with bad weather would you prefer to, to be on desk duty or would you prefer to be out on out on the road <sighs> so hard I, I love being out on the street honestly it's like if you're inside it's it's nice you're warm it's it, it is what it is but I don't know policing is it's outside where everything happens is on the street taking calls so there, every now and then you're like, you know what, I just want a kind of office day. But for the most part, I'd still rather be outside, out on the street. Even on the cold days, hey? Even on the cold days, you just dress a little warmer. Sometimes you'll see an officer like at an accident or something and it's minus 40. Oh, yes. Oh, man, that sucks. If a, if a traffic light goes out when it's that cold, I'm sure like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, if I have to direct traffic at minus 40, I will take the desk all day. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's where the uh, exception comes. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I don't know if you saw this, Beckler, but a softball player in Texas pulled this hilarious maneuver to get home safe. So she tried to steal home, and in doing so, she was off the bag and was playing the classic game of tag with the catcher. So in a last-ditch effort... To distract the catcher and try and get herself safe, she did the whole made you look thing. So she points behind the catcher, goes, oh! What's that over there? And then <laughs> the catcher actually turns around, and when she does, she tags, she's, she's yeah. in safe. She, she touches the bag, and she is, she is deemed safe. In front of the show, Fred sent me this video. Holy and, hell. I mean, she ran so far off the base path in this, like, cat and mouse game that I think she probably should have been called out. Yeah. But uh, the catcher did fall for the made you look thing, which and is I, the oldest trick in the book. I feel so bad, though, because I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? If I was the catcher, I would have done the same thing. Because yeah, if you're, you're not expecting it. If you're on the baseball field, and somebody points behind you, like, you're used to baseballs flying at your head. You're yeah. probably going to be like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Where? So yeah, I don't feel for the catcher. I feel bad. Okay. Oh man, <laughs> hilarious though. It's a beautiful night at the ballpark for some opening day action. Dan, what's that over there? Where, Buck? I don't see anything where you pointed. Nothing. Just keeping you on your toes, Dan. Some rule changes to the season, including a pitch clock. And watch out, Dan. Where, Buck? What am I looking for? And the shift will no longer be allowed this season. Dan, behind you! I don't get it, Buck. You keep telling me to look, but not once has there been something there. Not one of all of these times. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. X After Hours, a weekly podcast that brings X Afternoons with Mariah and Ty to another level of awesome and allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, f they're going to say f Find X After Hours wherever you get your podcasts or on the X app.